0: to stay as well hey we're going to be back in the book of Acts chapter number two this morning and uh, so as everybody gets going y'all can go ahead and get your Bibles open and then we'll go to our Lord in prayer here in just a moment but we'll be in Acts chapter number two Join me in another word of prayer, please. Lord, we love you, and God, we come to you you this morning, Lord, looking for you to continue to meet and minister to us today. Uh, Lord, we pray and we uh, ask that you would just be with us as we go to your word. We want to be faithful to your word, so I pray that you would help me as the one who uh, proclaims and expounds the text that I would be faithful, I'd be true, I'd be wise, Uh, don't uh, Lord, may I only follow your spirit and not my flesh, I pray. And then, Lord, I pray and I ask that as we receive your word, that we would uh, receive what you have for us, Lord, um, that we would hear your, your voice, God. Uh, remembering that while we have this written word, Lord, this word is not you as the living word are not contained to a text. Lord, you, your spirit breathes and Jesus says your spirit breathes as it wants, wherever your spirit wants to breathe. And so Lord, might we receive your spirit speaking to us, Lord, attending to us in our, in our, in our personal matters, but also uh, meeting us and leading us as a body of believers, Lord, we pray. We pray and we ask uh, that uh, as we receive your word, that we'll be wise to know how to apply your word as well. We pray these things in Christ's mighty Resurrected name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Before we get to the text today. um, I know that there is. That you have probably felt this. You probably thought this. uh, This question. uh, Who am I to be proclaiming the gospel? Who am I to be preaching? The good news. To be telling people about Jesus. And uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that you've had that thought in your heart, in your mind before. Not only because, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, 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 I'm, I uh, assume to know people's minds. But because I've heard people say it to me plenty of times. Well, I'll leave that to you, preacher. Who, who am I? I, mean, I, I don't want to mess it up. And, and there's something that's beautiful that's valuable about that right we should understand that the good news that we are proclaiming is <clears throat> is precious we should really understand that and we should also understand that it can be it can be used manipulatively and destructively as well we should understand that so it is something that we should take great care with handling uh, but usually that's not why people are only feeling that way Uh, What what I see is that people most often feel who am I because they look at their life and their life has been somewhat of a mess. They don't have all their sins licked. They don't have all their doubts conquered. They don't have, you know, uh, 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 all their wisdom in practice. And so they look at themselves and they go, well, who am I? It's not just that I don't know the stuff. It's like, who am I? Look at me. And so today I want us to consider uh, the first uh, proclamation of the good news uh, uh, under the power of the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost. Now I want to qualify that this way to say the first ones who proclaimed the good news were the, the, the women who left the tomb on Easter, on Resurrection Sunday morning, uh, our Lord in his wisdom uh, uh, entrusted this beautiful message to those faithful ladies. Isn't that awesome? So good. Uh, He still does that, by the way. He still does that. Uh, But the first time uh, that this message was proclaimed under the leadership, the guidance, the power of the Holy Spirit as we have it historically recorded is in the book of Acts chapter number 2. And, uh, and the Spirit came upon all the disciples of Jesus uh, and they all began to witness and attest uh, about uh, that, that the Spirit had come and that the Spirit was moving. And then Peter, uh, uh, he began to pre- proclaim the good news that Jesus, who was crucified, uh, buried had raised to new life, and not only had he raised to new life, but he was at the right hand of the Father, and last week, we looked in Acts chapter number two, you get down, uh, uh, <clears throat> you gotta find my spot here, down to verse number 37, it says, after uh, Peter had preached this word, proclaimed this message, uh, that The people were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? And as we looked last week, uh, we, we, we put it in the context and we said, hey, if you know their story, these people were in Jerusalem 53 days ahead of this the same group of people or would have been among those people who were crying crucify him and they were the ones who rejected the Messiah and now Peter is saying hey the one that you rejected has been raised to new life he is at the right hand of the throne of God and they are going now what do we do and Peter offered them this good news of repentance you can stop your disbelief and you can start believing but let's not just consider who he was preaching to, but the one who was preaching and his story. Yes, 53 days ahead of Peter proclaiming on the day of Pentecost that Jesus is Lord. The people had rejected Jesus, but Peter, before they rejected him, had denied him. In fact, as we'll see, uh, hopefully you'll be able to see, not only did he deny him, he abandoned him, Jesus. His denial is, look like, is made to look like a total abandonment of Jesus by all of his disciples. In his hour of trial, his hour of need. But we know that Peter, uh, Peter received the same offer to repent. Same offer to be restored into fellowship. Uh, The same, uh, and even the offer to, to resume as a leader of this group of disciples and of the early church. And so as we look at Peter, we could say two things. We could go, man, he's one who denied Jesus, who abandoned Jesus. And here he is telling people they need to repent and trust in Jesus. We could go, who is this guy? (laughs) Who is he to be proclaiming the good news? But then there's this other way that we can look at it. And we could say, who better who better to understand the people and what they were thinking, feeling, fearing, and to extend this offer, this invitation of grace, than the one who himself had not just rejected a, a would-be Messiah, but had denied his the one who he once claimed to be his Lord and Savior. Who better? And look, as we think about this, and we we unpack this a little bit today, this informs us, right? This this makes us go, okay, because I know that you and I might ask that question, who am I? Who am I to be telling people? But I would Offer that you hear the Holy Spirit say, who better? Who better? And so that's what we're going to look at today. Let's first consider Peter's denial. Peter denied Jesus in all synoptic gospels. The synoptic gospels, by the way, are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, uh, they are all very similar to one another. Um, it really, it's very interesting to see how similar they are and then to study them and to pay attention to uh, what they exclude and what they, what they, uh, add. And and, and that gives you some flavor about the perspective that they are teaching from. And just so you know, the reason why we have four different gospels and we have four different perspectives and why we have valued that as the church and why we have not tried to harmonize that people have tried to harmonize it, but why largely as the church, we said we don't need to harmonize it is because we understand that the four different gospel writers were writing for four different express purposes, but they were telling the story of Jesus. And so we really like to pay attention to the things that they, they add, the things that they leave out that this other one doesn't say. And and, and when they say uh, what Jesus says here and there, it it, it makes for uh, a really a, a great wealth of information, but all three synoptic gospels. And then John, John's not a synoptic gospel, because if you've ever read the gospel of John, you're like, he just says things way differently, way differently. He tells the story of Jesus way differently. Uh, for instance, I mean, it, it's not until uh, Luke chapter number 19 that we get Jesus walking into the temple and cleansing the temple. But John has it in John chapter number 2. Like, what's going on with John? And if you ever had the question, what's going on with John? You're not alone. Scholars have been asking that question for 2,000 years. But it's a valuable text and, and one that we love. And so we need to understand all four Gospels, though, have the story of Peter's denial of Jesus. In the Synoptic Gospels, they, they say that Peter is asked, well, I guess we can just read the story real quick. Let's just do that. Turn to Luke chapter 23, and we'll look at the story real quick, and then we can go through and, and talk about things. I would rather I see it in the text than y'all just trust me. How's that sound? Uh, Luke chapter number 22, actually, verse number 54 is where I'm going to start. It says, they took Jesus, they led Jesus and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. Now we're in verse number 55 of Luke chapter number 22. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, uh, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him. She looked at him as he sat by the fire. She earnestly looked upon him and she said, this man was also with him. And she's referring to Jesus. And Peter denied, he didn't deny her saying that. It says he denied him. Wow. He denied Jesus saying, woman, I know not him. And after a little while, another man saw him and said, thou art also one of them. And of course, he's saying you're one of the, the disciples. And Peter said, man, I am not. Y'all think he said, man, I am not. You get to say it however you want to say. It. I would imagine there's a little bit of defensiveness. A little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety. And about the space of one hour after, another person confidently affirmed and said, Of a truth, this fellow was also with him, for he is a Galilean. They would know he was a Galilean like you would know somebody was from Georgia or from Boston. They had different accents. They might wear their clothes a little bit differently. But you know, hey, I know how you're talking. You're you're not, you're not from around these parts, are you? Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. Mark tells us that he even called a curse down upon him. Like, 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 like the Lord strike me dead if I'm lying to you. That's how far he goes into this deception. He said, I know not what you're saying. And immediately, while he yet spoke, the cock crew, the rooster crew crowed, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. This is a dramatic that none of the other gospels say jesus was up uh, peter's in a courtyard jesus has been taken up to an upper chamber where they're at the chief priest's house and they've been questioning jesus and it says in the midst of this dramatic scene you know, that, uh, that 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 peter's final denial the rooster crows and then he looks up and he sees jesus and jesus is staring right back at him and peter is broken Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Who is he to be preaching the gospel? This guy who just a few hours before this moment had puffed up his chest and said to his Lord, Jesus is the one that he, he, he was the one who claimed earlier on, I believe that thou art the Christ. The Messiah, the Son of God, puffed up his chest even that night that they had eaten this meal. And he said, even everybody will forsake you, but I will never forsake you. And Jesus said, you won't just forsake me, Peter. You're going to deny me. You're not going to do that once. But you're going to do it three times. And you're going to do it before it really even, we could say before the rooster crows, we could say before things really even start turning bad. At this point, Jesus is just being questioned. He's only being questioned. They haven't brought him to Pilate. They haven't taken him over to Herod. He hasn't been scourged. He hasn't had a crown of thorns placed on his head. They haven't beaten him. They haven't done any of that stuff. They have just taken him in for questioning. Wow. Before the tough gets going, you're going to deny me. Hmm. Who is he to be preaching on the day of Pentecost? This offer of repentance to the people who had rejected. No, who better than he? Who better than he? Because here's what we see in this text outside of the denial is we see that Peter. Peter is met with his own brokenness. What a necessary place to be, huh? very different from just a few hours before not me jesus right not this guy not this old cowpoke i would never forsake you jesus peter had to meet his own brokenness what is your brokenness is it a besetting sin I mean, I know in the church is so preoccupied with sin, 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 sin. sin, sin. And, 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 and we should be concerned with our sin. But I think we, we have this preoccupation with our, with our sin, you know, like our, our, our secret desires in the sense of like superficial sins. And, and God is really concerned with our, our total brokenness and revealing how undone we are. Because sometimes it's not just your sin, your, 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 your lavish desire for pleasure. Sometimes it is your hurt, your trauma, your pain, in which you live out of fear and anxiety and unfaith. And scripture speaks to that too. I know we like to cast the woman at the well in Samaria as this, oh, she had five husbands. What a, ooh, what a promiscuous woman. But if we think about the context, this is a a woman who just went like, nope, done with him. Nope, done with him. Nope, done with him. That's not how this story should be read. She didn't have the agency and the authority to be able to be like, well, I'm just leaving this guy for this guy and then, and then I'm gonna get rid of that guy. This is not a promiscuous woman. This is a woman who has, who has found herself in the horror of life. Every husband that's come along, every, every moment of hope that, hey, I'm gonna be provided for, I'm gonna have security and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a place in society, everyone that's come along has either left her or died. This isn't a woman who's just a promiscuous sinner. This is a woman who kept getting the negative birth test, right? This is a woman who who, who, who every guy that came around who's flashed his smile, she said, this is going to be the one was an abuser, This is the child that every foster home that he thought was going to be the home was a disappointment. Do we get it? Do we follow? Do we track? It's not just that we look at our brokenness like, well, I'm just such a, our brokenness is also the hurt, the pain, the sorrow, the devastation that we've had to endure. It's, It's what we all look at and we see our friends enduring brokenness. Peter's was, he had to come down off his high horse. But we see in this text, this moment broke Peter. It broke him. Every, every gospel writer says, after this moment, he went out and he wept bitterly. Bitterly wept. So who is this guy this is a guy who who denied his lord and actually and i said it earlier i'm not going to unpack it i'm just going to say this right now and especially in mark's gospel but in all the gospels this is the moment jesus has been forsaken by all the others but he was denied by peter in the courtyard peter leaves him alone while he's on trial jesus has been utterly abandoned to this moment And it broke him. So who better to proclaim the message. Than somebody who knows what it's like. To be broken. Because they know. I've fallen short. Of the glory. It's not only them that aren't righteous. None of us are righteous. (laughs) Not even me. We only have one story, one explication of a, of, a, of a dialogue between Jesus and Peter, and that is in John's gospel. But, but before we get there, I want us to think about this. Uh, before we get to that story, what we find in Luke's gospel and what, and what uh, Paul attests to in 1 Corinthians 15 is that Peter and Jesus had their own special meeting on the the day of resurrection and 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 just so you can know that that's not just me saying this thing um but that you can see it uh remember uh you can turn to Luke 24. Luke 24 opens up. The women go to the tomb. They find the tomb empty. They go back to the, the disciples. The disciples run to see, oh, yep, the tomb is empty. We know that uh, that Jesus appeared to, uh, appeared to Mary Magdalene, and then uh, the disciples are finding themselves kind of lost, uh, dis, dis, just confounded. They don't even know what's going on. Two of them leave Jerusalem. They head out to Emmaus, um, and while they're on the road, uh, Jesus ap- uh, approaches them, and he begins to talk to them. Them, and he begins to ask them what they're, what they're so confused about, what they're in such distress about. And so they begin to tell Jesus uh, the story. And so then Jesus begins to unpack for them how, Hey, all throughout the old Testament, it says that the Messiah is going to have to suffer and die and rise again to uh, new life. And uh, he begins to expound the scriptures. They go to sit down and eat with him. Um, he acts like he's going to keep going, but uh, they call him back. Um, and, uh, and he sits down and he eats with them. And then immediately as he breaks the bread and he Blesses it, he's gone from before them, and they're like, "Oh no, that was Jesus!" And so then they run back to Jerusalem, and then they get there, and whenever they get back to Jerusalem, uh, they, uh, they 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 come in, and we, we can pick up. Uh, let's see, uh, verse number thirty-three it says they rose up the same hour, they returned to Jerusalem, they found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, and they said that the Lord is risen indeed. And he has appeared to Simon. So the two get back to uh, Jerusalem. They find the eleven gathered. And while they walk in, the eleven say to them, Hey, listen, the Lord has risen indeed because he showed himself to Simon. And if you know anything about your Bible, then you know that Simon is another name for Peter. And Paul, in Acts chapter number 15, says that Jesus appeared unto Cephas, which is another name for Peter, and then to the eleven, and then to others, and then Paul's getting down to, and at last the resurrected, the crucified, resurrected, liberating king revealed himself to me. So we don't know what happened, but we do know Peter went from a moment of brokenness to understanding that the resurrection, that something happened with Jesus, to having uh, his own private meeting with Jesus. We don't have record of that, but what we do have record of is in John chapter number 21. I'm not going to take the time to read it today, but I think it's a familiar enough text that we know what happened. And in that moment, what we see Jesus doing without saying, repent and be baptized, we see Jesus offering him repentance. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. You feed my sheep. First, he starts out with lambs, my little lamb. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, you know I love you, Jesus. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? It says Peter gets upset at this. What I think is interesting here is in the same stories, whenever we... Find the people asking Peter, you're one of his disciples. It's like two times he's like, no, I'm not one of his disciples. The third time he gets a little hurt. The same thing happens with Jesus. The third time he gets a little hurt. And John tells us he gets a little hurt. Why are you asking me this again? You know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Who is this man? He's a man who experienced his own brokenness and he's a man who received of Jesus the offer, the invitation of repentance, the gift of repentance, restoration into fellowship, not even just restored into fellowship, Peter's <coughs> restored into leadership. I want you to be the one who feeds my lamps, Peter. Wow. So we have this story. And so I asked a a, a little bit ago, you you know your brokenness or what is your brokenness, but you also know what it's like to have Jesus come to you and say, listen, I'm not going to let any of your brokenness come between you and me. Theologically, we can say that's why he went to the cross so that he could let us know nothing stands between you and I but love. That's one of my favorite songs, John Mark McMillan. Nothing stands between us. No, nothing stands between us but love. You, you know what it's like whenever God through his spirit has said, do you see my son? What my son on display on the cross means is I don't want a thing to stand between you and me. Paul says it this way. Now we know that nothing can come between us. Not height nor depth. Right? Nor angel, nor demon, principalities, or powers. Not a thing can come between us. So here's the thing. You know your brokenness, but you also have, you've also sat there and known that Jesus through the spirit has said, do you love me? And you're going, yeah, I love you, but I failed you. And he's going, no, 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 no. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Well, then just come on. Come on, do what I'm calling you to do. Trust me. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. You look so beautiful. You're so good. Then just trust me. Follow me. Believe in me. Or maybe you're here and and you really have it. Maybe because of your brokenness, your sin, or maybe your brokenness, your hurt, your trauma. Maybe because of the brokenness of this world, you're going like, where are you at? And you know you have those doubts. You know you have those fears. You know you go like, oh, what if I give in to this and it's not true? Then I would invite you to hear Jesus say, hey, hey the cross says that i love you i love you that's all the cross says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son in god's love he gave us his son and jesus said and paul tells us like this while we were yet sinners christ died for us the cross tells us that god loves us no matter what he doesn't love you when you repent and do good he loves you period And so Jesus, I would ha- hope that you could hear and say today, I love you. I love you. Dis- y- you'll say it this way, despite your doubts, despite your fears, despite your failures, your, your foolishness, your rebellion, despite all that. But Jesus doesn't even have to say despite it. He just says, I love you. Full stop, Period. So who is this guy who preaches on the day of Pentecost to a bunch of people who had rejected Jesus? How dare he do that? He's the one who denied him, who abandoned him, but he's the one who is broken by his own failure. But that's not the story, is it? The story is who better than this man to be preaching because this man in his failure Came face to face with his brokenness, but also he came face to face with God's unending love, grace, mercy, goodness. I bet Peter thought much like they thought, oh no, I'm doomed. I I talked a big game. I said, I would never forsake him. I talked a big game. There's no coming back from this. Yeah, there is. Well, what do I have to do to come back? Like we talked about last week. You don't have to do anything. You have to accept the offer that the seat at the table is still open. The seat is still open and it still has your name on it. The place card still says you. And it's at the banquet and God's at the head of the table. And his son... Because his son is wild and crazy beyond our imagination. He's not even sitting at the table. He's walking around with a cloth over his arm. And he's serving us our food. It's not an offer or an order. It's an offer. So if I were to go back to last week, who better than this man? Because this man understood that what he was preaching that day was not in order. You better repent or else it was an offer of grace. Hey, I know you rejected him. But he is welcoming you. He doesn't let your rejection stand in the way of his love. He doesn't let your foolishness, your rebellion stand in the way of his love. So, who better? who is Peter to be doing this? Well, now we know who Peter is don't He's the one who had to experience it himself. And so then we would ask the question, who better than the one who knows the experience? Yes, I believe the gospel gets violated and and, uh, and, and poorly used. I watch, I don't try to look for these, but I find these videos, they pop up on my, on my, my TikTok and my Twitter, and there are these people who are preaching the gospel and some of them do this ranting and raving and blah, you know like they're foaming at the mouth and they're like don't you know your sinner's in the hand of an angry god and you're like okay well uh <laughs> calm down and, and you see that and then you also see these people who are so slick and so smooth and they use all this language and and, and they're just violating this beautiful 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 gift that god has given us his son jesus and if I'm true, if, I, if I'm thoughtful, I've done it myself. I've violated it. And so I know what it's like to say, Who am I to be preaching, to pre- be a witness of God's love and his mercy and his, his, his rescue for us? Who am I? And I keep coming back up to the old, the old nudging of the Spirit that says, Who better? Who better? Macaulay? you understand your brokenness. And where you can't see it, I keep opening it up to you, and you keep finding out, oh yeah, I'm I'm not even just this broken, I'm this broken. And you know what this world needs? This world needs the people who have come up against their own brokenness to tell the God who... Who just flat out loves them and is offering life to them and offering hope to them and offering joy to them. And they're going to keep going, but what do I have to do? And you have to keep pointing to yourself and say, you can't do a thing. Just receive it. Receive the life that he has for you in Jesus. That's all you can say. Repent and do all the things. Listen, there's a lot that I do because of my faith. There's a lot of disciplines that I want to put in my life in place so that I can be shaped into a person who looks more unbroken like Christ is unbroken. But I don't do those so that I get his love. And whenever I ever get that out of bounds, then I am on a deadly trajectory. when I do them because I know that if I never did them, if I never did another thing, he would still love me. That's when I know, okay, we're on track here. We're on the road. Peter wasn't standing up on the day of Pentecost to prove himself here's what peter's message was the one that you crucified has been resurrected god raised him from death and peter says in acts 2 23 and that's what we're witnesses of i'm not witnessing myself i'm not testifying about me i'm testifying about that one and what that tells me is Even though you rejected him and you said, we don't want him as king, God said, I'm still going to give him to you as king. Even whenever I denied him and I abandoned him as my Lord, as my liberating king, God said, hey, he's still your Lord and liberating king. You still get him. Even though you doubt, even though you fear, even though you rebel, even though you're foolish, even though you're naive, God is not withholding himself, his son, or his spirit from you. And the world that we live in, which is looking for the people who have it all together to be the ones who are the authority on it, will go, who are you to be telling me? And I'm here To invite you to hear the Spirit to say, who better than you? And if I were to go a little bit further, I would say, who else is going to? Who else is going to preach this gospel? If Peter had not denied Jesus that night, he would not be able to preach the gospel that he preached on Pentecost. Because Peter would still be saying, well, I never stopped doubting him, and that's what makes me special. But Peter had to tell the honest gospel. And the honest gospel we have in all four gospels was he and all the other disciples forsook him and denied him and abandoned him. So it's not only who better, it's who else. And so I'm asking you, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to preach the actual good news. And with that, I say, amen. Amen. Would You bow your head, close your eyes. Would you talk to God about what God's talking to you about? Maybe you're here today and you go, man, because of my brokenness or because of the world's brokenness, or maybe even because of the brokenness that I've seen in the church or, or, or whatever you are here and you're going, okay, I've, this brokenness hasn't brought me to this place of seeing God and seeing Jesus and hearing the spirit this brokenness has gotten in the way of me hearing Jesus and but today you know that despite the brokenness despite yours or this world's brokenness God loves you His son